Let's pray. Almighty God, I come to you now as your servant, asking that the words that I speak today would not be my words, but they would be yours. And asking, O God, that those who hear and receive these words would receive them not only in their minds and in their hearts, but deeply in their souls, O God, that place where only you and they go. Help us to understand that our relationship with you is not being part of a circus, not part of a Broadway play. It is a time of intimacy, a time of deep, deep spiritual movement. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit, that I would do your will and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. So, the scripture today was supposed to be Matthew 6, 5 through 18. Uh, but just to give you some context, I'm going to back up a little bit. Well, actually, no. We can start with five. But when you come before God, don't turn that into a fear, theoretical. Fear, Theatrical <laughs> production. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. <clears throat> Do you think God sits there in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simple and honestly as you can imagine. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense God's grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who pray ignorant. They're full of a formula and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Do not fall for that nonsense. This is your creator that you are dealing with. And God knows better what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. <coughs> pray like this. Our creator in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above and so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You are in charge. You can do anything you want. You are an alabas in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. 
In a prayer, there is a connection between what God has done, does, and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Okay, so I was telling uh, Alice before the uh, service today that this whole reading, there's like four different sermons in here, um, and there was going to be my attempt to tie it all together. I'm going to leave you, uh, that was a more modern version, obviously, of the Lord's Prayer. So I'll just leave you with, with going back and taking a look at that. But let me tell you part of what he was doing with that was backing up what he said. And what is that? That prayer is not showtime. Have you noticed something that uh, we're doing? Because I haven't talked to the vicar about it. I haven't really announced it. That we're doing different with prayer time? The sounds before. Yeah. I have decided, and I get to do these things sometimes when you're a founding pastor, you get to do stuff like this. But I think that it makes sense based on what we read today. You don't need somebody up here leading you through prayer. You don't need somebody wrapping it up in this nice little tight bow. Somebody that's, uh, I, I know that I've actually heard this sometimes. When people sit there and go, oh my God, so-and-so is leading prayer. I wish that they would just shut up. I think the personalities that get involved in this go against what Jesus is saying. Look, this is not a show. This is your time with God. There shouldn't be anybody interfering with that. Jesus gave us a very simple formula. What's the first part of that formula? Praise God. What's the second step to the formula? Go ahead, come on, think about it. Request your, uh, identify your needs. What? Identify my needs. Identify your needs. What's the next? Thanking God for listening. <laughs> Thanks for keeping you alive. Amen? Take care of your needs. What's the next thing? That you would be able to forgive people as God has forgiven you. And you'll notice that that was one of the things that I picked as the main emphasis because everything hangs on that folks and I think sometimes that's why we get all these prayer warriors out there that decide they're going to wrap all this up because the nicer we are and the more complicated it gets then maybe God will forget <laughs> that I'm still mad at my neighbor that I'm still pissed off about the guy that cut me off in traffic. Or the cable company. Or that I'm mad at the cable company. Or I'm mad at the president. Or I'm mad at this. You understand that what Jesus taught here is forgive others as God has forgiven you. And he's really smart by telling us not to make it a show. Amen? Amen? I mean, listen, who wants to put all their garbage out on the street? So what we end up doing is that we do all these great prayers, right? All these powerful prayers. There was somebody this week, um, I, I, I did, I just wanted to puke. Because they literally put something on Facebook and it was, um, uh, and they, 
they put it out there. I, I know what their intentions were, but when people do this kind of stuff, it just drives me crazy. Because understand, hear me now, coronavirus has nothing to do with God. Other than the fact that it's a virus that's part of the creative process, and when it gets into your body, apparently our bodies are not designed to host it. And so we get sick for a period of time. That isn't God bringing it. And by us sitting there saying, in the name of God, I declare war on the coronavirus, isn't going to do anything. What's going to do something is when you're praying, you shut up and you listen to God. And here's probably what God is going to tell you. Wash your hands. Don't sneeze in somebody's face. Clean up after yourselves. Have some disinfectant around. What was that? Oh, it's in the prayer. Uh, forgive others as they forgive you, or as God has forgiven you. So there are people out there that are going to do things that make you sit there and go, well, I'm not going to do that because da-da-da-da-da. No, this is your time with God is to get into that relationship mode and get the strength to be able to go out and forgive. Yeah, we're going to honor God. <clears throat> yes, we're going to thank God for providing for our needs. But if you really want to live, you've got to forgive those people just like God has forgiven you. That's a, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, one of the, when I was doing the uh, exegetical study on this, uh, this is what Paul Tillich said. He says, next, Jesus says how you should pray. Go to your room and shut the door. On the face of it, it seems as if Jesus is telling us that we must do exactly this if we are to pray correctly. However, one must keep this in context that it is reported in. Just prior to this, Jesus was speaking about the hypocrites and their bad motivation for praying, being seen by others. Therefore, it is more likely that Jesus provides us this as our needed for us to consider our needed motivation versus the hypocrites. In other words, promatic and liturgical prayers, nor the locations, make a prayer right or wrong. Are you ready for this? Here comes the line. What makes that prayer right or wrong is with the heart and motivation in which it is given. God, forgive us as we forgive others. What better motivation can we possibly have during Lent? Is it those people that are out of cause? You know, um, I'll share one little personal story with you. I got a, a piece from somebody in my family, an uncle, who has decided that because I'm a pastor that I need to offer forgiveness to another family member. And then they decided that they were also going to tell me why I should do that. It was my mom that reminded me. She said, well, look, if you've given forgiveness, 
is it not the responsibility of the person to go from there? And I went, ooh. Because that's the way it works with God. God forgives you, and then it becomes your responsibility to what? Forgive us. Amen. So, look, folks. Part of Lent is not showboating our fasting, not showboating our sacrifices. You know, that whole question of what are you giving up for Lent? You know, I suppose we could be not exactly polite and say it's none of your business. Or a better response would be, why are you concerned what I'm giving up? What are you giving up? God and I are doing just fine. And you do just fine when you remember that as Jesus said, this is a time of intimacy. Go where somebody's not going to bother you. You know what the definition of integrity is, right folks? It's what you do when nobody's watching you. You know what the definition of a good prayer is? It's listening. What you and God talk about when nobody's listening. God bless you.